This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Tara from Plus Fitness with Tara. I'm a curvy, fun, body positive coach and personal trainer. I love business and fitness. Do you have the tools you need to be a rock star in fitness, a healthy love of yourself, and help from me? And sifting through health news will do that. I've got fitness topics and guests. Rock stars aren't born, they're bred in experience and fire. Let's do this together. All right. Thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Um, today we have Martha from Brilliant Jewelry and Repair, uh, a local business in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And um, yes, uh, so uh, first of all, uh, I'm highlighting this business simply because I am a part of eWomen Network and it's fun to meet new businesses and talk about them. But I'm also highlighting women entrepreneurs and you know connections we can make. And I have had male guests on the show and it's been great. But I find that women entrepreneurs bring a special kind of innovation to stuff they do. And uh, hearing Martha's story today, I'm sure you'll find that too. So uh, let me just adjust my volume a little bit. Okay, there we go. All right. Thank you very much, Martha, for joining me. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Hi. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Martha uh, Pridham Wilkinson. So originally I am from the East Coast, uh, born in Halifax. Um, but my family uh, moved to Ontario to find a job when I was young. So I actually grew up in Kingston, Ontario. Um, so yeah, I am a goldsmith. Uh, I consider it a trade. So I'm a metal worker. Um, I was going to university for something entirely different. And my grandfather, who was a gem cutter out Lunenburg way, um, he uh, asked uh, me if I wanted to come and learn um, just to cut stones. And I thought, okay, that might be a cool hobby. I'll go learn. Uh, and I really fell in love with it. So I went to visit him sort of over the summer between university and over my spring break. Um, and uh, But I really liked building the ring to put the stone in um, more than I liked cutting the stone. So then uh, I went to George Brown in Toronto. Uh, I took a three-year jewelry arts course, which is uh, in a trade school in Toronto. Um, and really, they chained us to a goldsmithing bench for that time. And we really learned how to do everything uh, in gold. Um, so, you know, melt it, alloy it, um, construct things from it. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's how I became a goldsmith. Uh, there aren't many of us out there. There's quite, uh, there's not a lot of women in the industry. There's not a lot of places to learn uh, how to work in gold. Um, and so it's a very... Um, sorry, you phone rang. Uh, I'm in my studio, so you might hear a little bit of background noise. Um, but yes, so um, it's a fantastic trade. Um, and yeah, so I'm really proud to be one of the only women in it, um, really in the city. So um, yeah. yeah uh, and how did, how did you find it at the trade school? Like, did you have, were there any barriers to entry or any kind of, you know, were they welcoming of you and stuff or... Uh, in the goldsmithing program, um, there was quite a few women. Um, so that was great. Um, it was, I think uh, we started out maybe 90 students in the first year and I, there was down maybe to 11 or 12 in my final year. Um, so it's quite a hard trade, you know, it's quite finicky and uh, you have to be focused. It takes a special kind of person to care about being accurate to, you know, one tenth or one twentieth of a millimeter. Right. Um, so uh, you have to have good motor skills. Um, yeah, it's just, I think that it's a very 
closely guarded industry. I um, ended up getting early acceptance at the into the program because my grandfather was a gem cutter. And so my portfolio was very jewelry heavy from the time that I had spent with him. So, um, but if you don't sort of attend this one school that I know of that is like very specifically focused on gold. Um, so if you don't attend that school, um, there are some other courses around, but they focus a lot on silver uh, and a lot on art. So making things that are very artsy as opposed to functional and wearable pieces of fine jewelry. Um, so in Canada, we don't have a lot of uh, opportunity to, to learn this skill. So I've actually traveled uh, internationally to uh, hone my craft um, or my trade. So I spent some time in Belgium at the very beginning of the pandemic. I got permission to travel um, when no one could travel uh, and spent three months studying under a um, gem cutter that cut, the, or sorry, gem setter that sets uh, for Cartier watches. So I went, um, cool. yeah, I went to learn from him. So the best of the best, you really have to travel internationally to find those people uh, and study with them. So, yeah. Yeah, great. And so tell me a little bit about, um, First of all, where can people reach you? First of all, let, let, let's just get this started in case people are listening and they come in and come out. Where can people find you? How do they get in touch with you? Uh, so I own Brilliant Jewelry and Repair. Uh, currently, we're located um, at 650 Portland Street. So we're inside a mall attached to Superstore. So in Dartmouth, um, the Woodlawn Library is very close to us. There's sort of like a Winners and a Dollar Store in sort of a, the mall attached to Superstore. So we're in across from the checkouts at Superstore. Um, so our website is um, brilliant-repair. So not an underscore, but a brilliant-repair.ca. Uh, and we're also at the uh, Brilliant Goldsmith. Uh, right. on Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram there. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, so just let me know, um, how did this translate into you starting a business, you know, in it, you know what I mean? Because you're, you're kind of marrying what you learned as a trade with operating it as a business, you know, is that a common thing or is it unusual for people to start a business like this? Well, I had a, uh... Ended up working for a goldsmith uh, in the city, a little jeweler that was self-taught. Um, so I worked for him and he had actually said, oh, I want you to take over the business when I um, when I retire. And he was quite old and a lot of the guys in the industry are, are uh, aging out. Um, so he said, you know, I want you to take over the business. Um, so I went to work for him. And so the whole time I sat at the bench, you know, I listened to customer interactions and thought like how you know, am I going to make this business my own? How am I going to treat customers? How am I going to deal with things that come up? You know, um, you know, how will I set quality standards and things like that? Um, so anyway, I worked for him for a while and I saw the need for repairs in our industry. So a lot of people buy their pieces online um, and they don't have the opportunity to return to a jeweler to have rings sized if they break their chain, you know, if they need a new clasp. You know, if a diamond falls out, where do you go for the, that kind of replacement and also maintenance um, for pieces? So anyway, um, it ended up that he, you know, he decided that he wanted to keep his business business a little longer. Um, and, you know, so then I thought, well, I'm going to have a go at uh, building my own business. Right. So we just 
it couldn't come together on a timeline. And also some of the things that were happening at the business, I, you know, wasn't a big fan of. So, um, so uh, I looked around and said, like, where would I open a business? Where is there a need for it? I opted to open in a grocery store. So across from the checkouts for visibility, a lot of women frequent the grocery store. And so, uh, you know, then they could find me. And the focus was when I started the business, I went through seed um, to launch my business. So I launched about um, seven or eight months before COVID, which was really fun. <laughs> uh, but, um, so I launched the business and with a huge focus on repairs. Um, and then, um, uh, after that, uh, or so the other thing was, um, sorry, <laughs> the other thing was, uh, Burks had been in the city and Burks had a phenomenal estate case where, um, you know, you could buy vintage antique pieces. So I knew because I was opening up a repair shop, I wanted to offer a place for consignment, um, and to sell those really interesting pieces. So, um, I opened it with like an estate case. So, and now we build a lot of pieces, um, and we sell a lot of vintage, antique, retro, like beautiful, really good quality estate pieces um, in our cases. So we have a fantastic selection. So, so yeah. Did I answer yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, no, you did. You did. You yeah. did great. Well, what I think what you also showed was like, you know, I went to school for a marketing degree and you just listed a perfect like spot, per, you know, the five P's product placement, you know, all kinds of stuff, service for marketing just simply by putting yourself right in front of a grocery store cashier's yeah. lineup where women are standing there waiting in line and they can see the bling, I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And they see the and name and they're, and they're instantly like, I'll just walk through here. Do you know what I mean? And they're, and even if they don't stop, they're thinking in their heads, what do I have that needs help with? Do you know what I mean? Repair and maintenance, yeah. right? So when, yeah, when I uh, did research for the business, the one thing I heard over and over was I don't know where to take my places my pieces, sorry, to get them repaired. So yeah. I thought, well, if I go front and center in a grocery store, yeah. um, you know, women are always in the grocery store, you know, that's where you feed your family. That's where you're yeah. comfortable going. Um, and it's easy pickup, easy drop off, easy shopping, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. And I, you know, I really, I really hear too, I think too, and then, you know, I just want to highlight this for listeners and stuff is that there's a lot of fun happening with this too. Like every time you talk about it, you smile. Do you know what I mean? Like this isn't yeah. something like, oh, I have to go to work today. And it, you're like, oh, I get to do all this cool stuff. So tell me, what does your job entail? Like what, do you, you know, you said you like you're running the business, um, you're with a partner, but like, you know, you may also be doing jewelry repair on the same time. So what does a typical day look like for you sometimes? Um, well, okay. So, uh, my husband, yes, uh, I own the business. So it's a hundred percent women owned, which is really nice. exciting. Um, yeah. I did, he was a software engineer. I did rope him into the business. So he runs logistics now, uh, for the business, um, wrote us a beautiful software program, um, for our POS. Um, so, and I roped my daughter into it as well. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a family business we've got going on now. Uh, I think we're up to nine staff. So, it is quite a team of us. Um, so physically on the bench, um, you know, we repair jewelry. So that entails usually um, using a torch. So flames to, you know, melt, um, melt the jewelry. I, you know, have little hand tools. So pliers, files, um, you know, like uh, a types of sandpaper. So emery paper, um, you know, a 
polish my pieces on a high speed sort of spinning buff. Um, there's lots of equipment involved. I have a rolling mill to roll out gold. I have draw plates to make wire. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you physically manipulate and work and melt, um, the metal, um, yeah. to form it into things. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, okay. So my question is, you know, based on everything we just talked about, we talked about your background, your history, what do you hope to do with this business? Simply like just, you know, you, you know, we just, we, we're all having what I would call, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like a COVID recession business here. Do you know what I mean? Like people are still figuring out their feet, what they want to do, where they want to go. There's been shifts from people going from corporation type level jobs to entrepreneurs because they just don't want to work there anymore. We have different things going on with our healthcare. Like, so there's a lot of things going on. And it's, but what I see and what you network has highlighted is that it's, there's a great way for opportunity for business owners to, if they can keep going to like, you know, prepare for next year. Do you know what I mean? So, cause it, it's still growth. Like, if we ever have to look at anybody who's experienced growth, all you have to do is look at Taylor Swift's Eros concerts and see that, you know, like this is, you know, like, like one woman alone is like possibly saving the reset, the U S from a recession, you know, based on yeah. her sales and the, and the, and the, and she gives back to every city she's in to every shelter, you know, food bank and stuff that needs help. She gives back to them. So, but what I want to say is like, you know, what do you hope to do this business? Say long-term, like just, you know, you don't have to go into specifics if it's, if it's, you know, secret, but, you know, I love hearing a woman in trade who's also in business, have a family run business and also, you know, basically have enough time not only to do this podcast, but also to take care of customers that come in. Do you know what I mean? On top of doing the, the technical work. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, long term, I'm seeing a couple of things in our industry um, that are concerning. So one of that, one of the things is uh, goldsmiths are aging out without replacing themselves. So if they're self-taught, then they're not taking on an apprentice. They're not teaching the next generation. Um, and then when they close up shop, when they're just not capable of doing the work anymore, because you have to have good motor skills, you have to have good eyesight. Um, you have to be able to sit for extended periods of time. So I'm seeing goldsmith age out, um, we, you know, which is really worrying for our industry. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot more things move online for sales and a lot of mass produced, poorly made pieces that are coming from um, overseas, yeah. which are being sold here as quality. Um, so, you know, if you don't have a goal, if you're shopping at the mall and there's no goldsmith there, that's building the pieces, you're probably not buying quality pieces. You're buying light things, um, that aren't going to last. So that is a worrying concern of mine. Um, and also since there aren't goldsmiths that are being trained, um, then we don't have people to do those repairs. Um, so a lot of the quality of pieces being sold now are replacement, not repair quality. So when it breaks, you know, the store will give you a new one or sell you a new one or sell you a warranty so they can give you another one. Right. Um, so first, I would like to uh, set up more stores or repair intake locations that are like mine in grocery stores. You know, let's start in the Maritimes, but, you know. I yeah. can, I can dream big, right. Yeah. Um, and go bigger than the Maritimes, but to intake repairs, uh, and send them to our, we moved, we started off very small in a tiny little spot across from the checkouts. And now we took a much bigger location about a year ago. Um, 
So we have about a 2,400 square foot studio in the back. Um, and so we uh, long term want to open up these intake for repairs um, that will so intake repairs to send to our office. So it's staying within our company, even though it's leaving the grocery store, it will come to this location. Um to uh, change watch batteries, because that's a big business we have too. A lot of people wear watches. Um, and uh, watch repair too, we do watch repair. And um, buy gold. So we buy yeah. a pretty vast amount of gold, which I can get into in, in a little bit. But that's something that is really important to us to use recycled material. So yeah. that's a goal is to open. And then we're exporting Nova Scotia labor as well, which is really important to me. So uh, and then we are also looking at a very luxury location to open up as a second location. So that's something that we're working on. That one's a little hush-hush, but uh, we are working on that um, to sell very fine quality pieces, um, you know, because right. we ha- have the skilled labor to build them. So, um, you know, I don't know that people will, are their first thought for, you know, a fine engagement ring or a 20th anniversary gift will be to come to the grocery store. So it's a really good location for our studio um, and for estate and vintage pieces um, and sort of, uh, you know, to impulse purchases. But we are going to open up a very luxurious uh, store as well for those really Perfect. special purchases. Um, yeah, okay. so that's a, a quick little thing that we want to do. Yeah. Um, sort of our, our immediate vision, you know, let's say in the next uh, year, we'll, ha- you know, ha- hopefully have a repair second repair location open and a second luxury store open. Um, Very good. And then long-term, I would love to open a skilled training program for goldsmiths. Um, It is hard to find uh, goldsmiths. If there's anyone out there listening, come and talk to me, you know, if you're looking for work. But um, really expansion is uh, dependent on finding those skilled people who care. So a lot of people have yes left the workforce and gone into things that they care about. So I want to find those people that um, you know are dedicated, who love their work, um, and in all aspects of our business, we want dedicated sales staff. You know, we want um, you know people that enjoy coming to work and you know are in love with jewelry, and so a passion for jewelry is really um, the driving force behind what we're trying to do to be a little bit different of a business. So an ethical business, a transparent business, because a a lot of the jewelry industry is very hush-hush, right? About what you're buying, the quality of what you're buying, um, you know, what happens when it's repaired, where it's shipped to, you know, who touches your stuff. There's a lot of this idea that things are swapped and things are changed when your jewelry leaves your care, right? So transparency is very important to us as a business. So we're thinking long-term as well to open up a technical training program, which was why we took the bigger studio to sort of train the next generation of goldsmiths and hopefully find um, skilled people that want to grow with our business. So, yeah. Okay. I think that also takes care of my question about strategic partners and future plans for sure. Um, So just say again where people can reach you so that they're brilliant repair Brilliant Jewelry and Repair is in uh, Portland Street, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. That is um, near the Superstore, in the Superstore uh, Shopping Center, off of Portland Street, by the Woodlawn Library. But where can they find you online? And then maybe after you say that, tell us what, you know, Party for Gold and stuff is. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, brilliant-repair.ca is our website. Uh, and 
and brilliant goldsmith is our Instagram handle. So we do a show on Thursday nights, a live show on Instagram as well at 8 p.m. Um, and so we will sell sort of estate vintage retro pieces and a really fun kind of live show. Um, we try and do that every Thursday night, but it's usually if you check in, we'll make a post about it um, if you follow us. So that's quite fun to watch as well. Um, but yes, so we have committed to being uh, as sustainable as possible. Uh, so bringing gold and silver out of the ground is one of the worst things that you can do for the environment. Um, sort of strip mining, the chemicals used are very harsh. Um, you know, gold is usually found in pristine, lovely places. Um, and so we, uh, yeah, have committed to using 100% recycled material. Um, and so we did some research into ethical gold. And you can buy some gold from certain businesses that claim to be ethical so that um, use small scale mining. But on the quantity of repairs we do, that is very difficult um, to source enough gold. And so we uh, use recycled material here. So we buy gold over the counter. Um, so, it's, you know, single earrings, broken chains, you know, stuff from previous relationships. We are always purchasing that uh, from customers and, and we buy it in a material perspective. So we're looking at how much gold is in each item. And we bring that back into our studio. We melt it down and we'll use that in repairs and custom builds as a way of guaranteeing we're using 100% recycled material. So I also have a little business called Party for Gold, um, where ladies can host a home party. So, you know, like Mary Kay, you know, Leo Sophia, those sort of parties where you invite your friends over. This one's a little bit different. So you invite uh, your friends over and they go through their jewelry boxes and they bring me single earrings, broken chains, maybe pieces from previous relationships, you know, stuff you know you're never going to wear again. Uh, a lot of people inherit things that they're just not their taste or not the color of gold that they prefer. Um, so they sit down with me. I usually set up at the kitchen table. I usually, you know, I need a small space. Um, I bring a scale. I bring some gold testing equipment, which is very small. Um, and then the ladies, usually they're off in the living room drinking wine. And one by one, they'll come and sit with me. We look at all their pieces, so I'll sort their gold into different carats, I'll look at the stones in the items, I'll weigh out their gold, and I write them a check. So um, everyone leaves with money, so I'll buy those pieces. Uh, and then the hostess receives a 10% commission on everything purchased at her event. So all her friends get to leave with money, and then the hostess will receive a commission, so she makes money uh, for having uh, her friends over. And that gives me gold that I can guarantee is 100% recycled uh, for our projects. So um, the best place to find it, the most environmentally friendly uh, place is really sitting in your jewelry box if those items are never going to be worn again. So, yeah. And yeah. yeah, so that's party for gold. Um, so party and then it's F-O-R gold.ca. That's our website. You can book a party on the website. You can send me uh, any questions on that. Um, and um, if you can Google party for gold too, and it should come up. So yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds like a really good time. I can imagine that um, people have plenty of stories too with the jewelry and they bring it in to say almost like, like, you know, they're ready to get rid of it, but they have to tell you what, why, you know what I mean? Like they have to explain kind well, of almost. It's, it's, it's pro and then also just even get rid of, 
for some, if it's an ex's jewelry or stuff they gave that they don't want to have, get rid of the burden of like, you know, having that relationship final, final door on the relationship closes, you know, like, and they're just ready to let it go and, and they get cash back, which is like amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I had one lady, she had brought, uh, you know, um, her husband and was unfaithful. And, um, so she had, uh, you know, booted him out and, you know, it had been a number of years, but on, on her, his way sort of out the door, he had said like, where's your engagement ring and wedding band? Like I bought that for you. And she was really mad at him. So, you know, she kind of chucked it at him. Um, but you know, when she went to get it, cause she was like, you know, what's done, I'm never taking you back. And he was like, well, I'll take that engagement ring and wedding band then. And so when she went to get it, she saw he had a big uh, gold chain. So she thought, oh, I'm going to chuck that at him too. And then she thought, no, I'm going to keep it. So, uh, you know, it's gone. It's years later or whatever. They're divorced. And she brings the chain to sell. And it weighed out to 5,800 Canadian dollars for that big chain. And I'm telling you, like a little bit of gold. The price of gold went crazy during COVID. It is the highest it's been in history. So those little single earrings, you know, a couple of old rings, missing stones, a little broken chain, you know, that adds up to hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, so you probably have a pretty sweet amount of money sitting in a jewelry box that you know you're never going to wear. Um, so I would love to, you know, give give you money for that. Um, but also then it, it lets me meet that, meet that sustainability goal too um, yeah. of getting that 100% recycled material. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So we just have about five minutes left and I want to just open the floor to possibly if there's anything else you want to talk about. I mean, I do have a couple more questions and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, what, what would you like to talk about in the last few minutes? What do you want people to know about your business? Um, I think that uh, education is very important. If you're going to buy jewelry, the more you know, the better. So, um, you know, I would say shop around when you're looking at a piece and investing your money. Um, you know, uh, it's easy to, you know, like, you know, if really look at an item, okay, a couple of things I don't like, if we're going to look at jewelry, um, I don't like uh, an engagement ring, I don't like diamonds set in the setting, they'll screw your wedding band, they'll scratch up. Uh, your wedding band and wear through. I don't like space underneath the settings all hollowed out for rings. Um, you know, they get dented, they fall apart. Um, you know, sort of heavy, chunkier pieces are better quality for wear everyday pieces. So that's something to look at. Um, but yeah, I think the industry is shrouded in secrecy. And I think that that's a bad thing. So uh, the more education you can get, go talk to a jeweler, you know, before you go to the mall, go look at a little business and see the quality of what you can get and sort of what they're going to do for you before you go to a big box store where things are mass produced um, by, you know, I, I really dislike the big box stores mostly because um, the production quality, right? There might be a table full of guys sitting uh, and they are, let's say they're working on a specific ring, right? It's one guy's job to bend down like one claw or two claws and then he passes it to the next guy and then the next guy does a part of it and then the next guy polishes it and, you know, on and on and on so that no person learns the entire trade. So they're only valuable to being able to do one tiny specific thing. So that's what we see 
in mass produced jewelry. And um, I don't like that. Like, you know, it means that they don't have a skill. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So just go and see what's around who can who is a in you know, it doesn't have to be me, but um, see who's out there who's custom building pieces for quality, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. if you have any more questions, go ahead there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, yes. Yeah. So, again, uh, brilliant-repair.ca, not underscore for um, the company website. Instagram is uh, brilliant uh, goldsmith, correct? Yeah. And then I believe you're on Facebook too as brilliant repair, jewelry and repair. And then for locals, they're located on Portland Street um, in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, in the Superstore. Um, at 650 Portland Street. 650 yeah. Portland Street. Perfect. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, and I am actually, I have uh, tentatively booked. I haven't set a date yet because I'm just waiting for my course to come in at the end of August. But uh, so I know my deadlines so I can I can actually enjoy a party instead of thinking I have a paper to write tonight. Um, but uh, a party for gold is going to be a fun event. And I think mine, the proceeds are all going to go to. So E-Women Network signed on uh, each chapter to promote uh, She Ready Foundation, which is a U.S.-based nonprofit. And um, they do, um, they, they're, their 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 sponsor is Tiffany Haddish, uh, the comedian, and uh, they provide uh, suitcases for foster kids in care, along with other things for foster kids. Because there's over you know something like forty thousand foster kids a year now, or something like that. So it's just wild. Wow. Yeah. So they're helping out, and so as chapters, we committed to pledging to raise the money. And October is a perfect time. I'm confident I'll have the membership up and be able to raise it anyway. But I would love to be over my amount to pledge. Do you know what I mean? Like I would. So when I I do my party for gold it will be to raise money for this the amount is 750 us which of course at the time could depend if you know any politician gets indicted <laughs> like you know or, or the market right. so wild that week you know who knows right. how much i'll have to actually raise in canadian but i'll see what happens when it comes to it but i'm hoping to get more so um i just want to thank you for coming on today i really appreciate learning about the trade and i know people will follow up with you and i just want to say it's a pleasure to meet someone who has not only taken on a trade, but is also running a successful business as well and is looking to give education and give back to the community so that the trade continues, right? So congratulations awesome. on all of that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And the parties do they parties do make an awesome fundraiser because nobody has to spend any money at the party. Everybody gets money and then the the fundraiser gets money as well. So good yeah. idea with that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited yeah. to come out and, and support that. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Tara. All right. Thanks very much, Martha.